0: Welcome back to Geek Life, com's very own podcast. I'm JP, as always with me, finally
1: back from being sick, is my fearless co-host, Le Brian. Yeah, you know, I had like an admin-esque streak since episode <laughs> oh. 19. Yeah, feels pretty
2: bad, huh?
1: Since episode 19, I have either had been passed out drunk or have had some sort of medical complication. It feels good to be normal again.
0: We are glad to have you back. We're glad you're regular. Yes. <laughs> And then, of course,
3: our other other co-host, Joe Vicious Joe. I saw J.P. kissing Santa
2: Claus. Oh, you can't. Got- <laughs> that was Santa?
0: Hello. Oh! Have you guys been watching Junior Bruce's feed on Tumblr? Watch it,
4: and
0: know. Oh, okay. First of all, Tumblr is magnificent, if you're not on Tumblr. But Junior Bruce has like his Tumblr feed, and he just posts all kinds of different stuff up there. And he's been doing all these sketches of Santa that are so hilarious, but so wrong. <laughs> it's highly worth checking out. Yeah, sounds like it. Anyway, then back with us again after a long hiatus, we have Dustin. Hey. And then, of course, as always, the admin.
2: Mary Krimbus.
0: <laughs> Today's subject is games, and this is something that we all are of so much and are looking forward to talking about. But first, a little housekeeping.
1: So first up on housekeeping, you guys are going to get a bonus episode on Christmas Day. Christmas Ooh.
0: Eve Day thing.
1: Or Christmas Eve Day thing. Yeah. happy Christmas uh, Kwanza yeah so if you haven't listened to the end of the podcast first of all we're a little bit sad about that but oh, ever since episode four, which happened to be the Christmas episode, because <laughs> it
0: was so off the wall with yeah. Mike, Mike and his jugs that save Christmas. <laughs>
1: Christmas, the tits that save Christmas, the tits that save Christmas. So there's a we had this little like gag reel recording thing that we actually added to the end of it, and JP has been. Taking out all of the gag kind of miscues and stuff like that from every episode
0: since. So essentially what we decided to do was to do a little kind of Easter egg at the end of every episode. And it started out with putting together on a separate track as I'm editing all the silly shit that we say and outtakes and stuff. Picking the best one, throwing it at the end after a couple seconds... And then throwing the rest of them away. And then that happened for about one or two. And then I thought, wait, wait, wait. Why am I throwing these away? (laughs) And so I started to make a separate gag reel file and have been saving it for, gosh, almost a year now. And now there's
3: so many. There's a shit ton.
0: It's crazy. So we decided after a little ways into it that we would definitely need to have a gag reel podcast. And we felt like the best time to do it would be, you know, for the new year. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do a Christmas Eve special gag reel slash year retrospective podcast, and you'll get just the Brian and I, or I guess anybody else who really wants to be in on it. We'll probably be recording it sometime around n- now ish. <laughs> 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 I don't know, but we'll we'll be recording it uh, soon, but. Probably just the Brian and I, and uh, yeah, it'll be a little shorter, but it'll be fun. You get to hear all of our crazy-ass outtakes. We'll hopefully try and frame them a little bit and let you know what was happening before that, and then just, uh, just talk and jive about the good time we've had doing Geek Life over the past year. It's incredibly exciting, I think, to have made it a whole year. Yes. There are podcasts upon podcasts that do a couple episodes and then die.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: And it, is, it has been in no way easy, but it has been lots of fun.
2: What number are we at now?
0: We're at twenty-eight.
2: We're gonna break thirty soon, guys! Yeah,
0: I know. Ooh. We're gonna turn 30, which is incredibly exciting. <laughs> then we get to make 30-year-old noises, right? That's yeah, how it so works. As soon right. as you get to be 30, you get, can get...
3: off my word. <laughs>
1: <Man>. <laughs> no, this was something that one of <laughs> JP's cousins and one That's of my so former lovely. roommates kind of coined where he's like, Yeah, now that I'm 30, I make these 30 noises where I just grunt and groan for no reason. Yeah, when I'm, <laughs> doing,
0: <when> I'm <laughs> so doing just normal, normal things. everyday things. There's no reason. Pick up a box,
4: <laughs> ugh. <laughs>
0: Anyway, so yeah, we're very excited to share with you guys the year in retrospect slash crazy-ass outtakes. And <laughs> the it, best that never was. The best that never was. The outtakes contain the ones that we used as well as several others that we didn't
2: (laughs) (laughs) so what you're saying is that people should also go back and re-listen to the old Mm -hmm. podcast starting at
0: episode episode four Start at episode two please yeah Yeah, started episode two don't listen to one it's a bad idea are
2: we gonna (laughs) do the the wizard cast
0: we another one
2: a better one, a more improved one. We have uh, no, new wizard theories. Good. We do
0: have new wizard theories. We should do another wizard cast. There's a couple ideas that have been bouncing around, which is great, because sometimes there's a scarcity of ideas for podcasts, mm. but that has not been the case recently, which is great. So next on housekeeping, I wanted to let you guys know that at the time of this release, tomorrow is the day before the end of the world. and We'll miss you. <laughs> and but, but we wanted to get more podcasts out before we're all dead. And
2: It's ascend, JP Ascend We're going Force to ascend
0: Ascend Send to raise my vibrations mm-hmm. uh, Anyway I got a call the other day On my cellular phono From Tiger Pop Of Airplus Recordings Telling me that there is going to be A big, really excellent concert That's going to ring in The end of the world So Thursday night At Earpiece Records Over in Berkeley, California There's going to be A really excellent show I think it's only $5 at the door I don't know if they have All of the Posters and stuff ready for it or all the information. But if you're listening to this, it's tomorrow. <laughs> go to the Earpiece Records website or go to airplusrecordings.com or the AirPlus Facebook page or Tiger Paws Facebook page. It'll be, by then, plastered everywhere. Hey, it's else? five bucks at the door. If you live nearby, go. It's going to go until 2 a.m. You have no excuse not to go there. We'll be there in our PM shirts rocking out with all of
3: our friends from Air Plus. Hey, yo, it's five bucks. Can't take it with you. Exactly.
0: <laughs> What's, if five bucks is literally all you have, why not? And he was saying something that don't don't expect this, but it's not all set in, but they're planning on doing something like a beer bracelet where you pay a certain amount of money for a beer bracelet and it's all you can drink. Oh. So that's kind of exciting. Oh and, and, and the number he threw at me was really low. I'm not going to repeat it because I'm not sure what it will really be. And I don't want people getting there to be like, well, JP from PandaMega.com said it was going to be $5. Oh, wait. Anyway, so I think that uh, it's going to be inexpensive. And so we're going to basically all be there and drunk and enjoying the new year. And yeah, so very exciting. And then there's another end of the year event that uh, I think that the advent should talk about.
2: I am so excited about this. So as I'm sure you guys have probably heard J.P. and I talking about many times on our podcast, we are gigantic fans of another excellent podcast called Mysterious Universe. On Friday, December 21st, 2012, because, you know, what other year could there be? Ben and Aaron of Mysterious Universe will be hosting a live end of the world podcast.
0: So exciting.
2: So there's not a lot of details yet as of this Friday, the 14th. However, by the time you guys are listening to this, there's definitely going to be info. Basically, from what Ben and Aaron have said so far is they are going to have some kind of system set up where you can call into the show. There's going to be uh, stuff that you could listen to them, live casting, and there's going to be a chat room. All sorts of really awesome stuff. So it's going to be
0: really interactive. Completely. Which is different because normally the Mysterious Universe guys put out an excellent, incredibly high quality podcast that easily the benchmark by which I try and measure ourselves or or the the yardstick by which I try and measure our podcast and emulate as best we can the very, very fine podcast. And so part of that being a very fine podcast is there's lots of post-production that they go through to really polish it up. And so this is a step way outside of their normal routine to allow for a higher level of interactivity. So it's going to be really fun and we're looking forward to it quite a bit.
2: Yeah, so if you're interested at all in paranormal stuff or just you're really eager for a cool end of the year act end of the year end of the world activity, definitely check out mysteriousuniverse.org. Join us. I will definitely be there. I'm pretty sure JP is going to be yeah. there. Oh, yeah, we're going
0: to be there together at the same time. <laughs> all at which once. is how that works.
1: Assuming that the world isn't
0: isn't gone. gone yes.
2: Finger raise
0: Well, actually.
2: Well, actually, the world will not end Thursday night. It will end at the end of the solstice. The solstice is the 21st of this month. So Ben and Aaron have it correct. Added bonus, Ben and Aaron are in Australia, but because they pay special attention to the way that the world really should end, they'll be hosting their podcast based on the time zone that the Mayans... Would be operating in. There's a lot of finger quotes going on here. So it will be the California time zone, ladies and gents, because we're on par with the Mayans. Well, yeah, because
0: California is the best place to be, you know. Yep, absolutely. Especially for the
3: end of the world. Exactly. So what's
2: great is that we can have our own little end of the world at the proper time. And yeah, Ben and Aaron will be in the future podcasting (laughs) from the next day. But shh, they will not ruin it for us. (laughs) Exactly, exactly.
0: Then let's see. Also, one more piece of exciting news. The admin's very first gets credit for doing it on the credits page game is available.
2: That's right.
0: Yes. Ah! So check out Whiteout on the iOS. I downloaded it today. and It's really a lot of fun. It's not perfect, but it's it's great. And it's a really good way to support the admin and let the people know that you like her work and people that work with her get excited and be like, wow, this is great. You know, we've got a good community going here. And then they'll, they'll really know how much of an internet celebrity that they have working with them. Indeed.
2: Yeah, so uh, it's kind of interesting. I guess in a way, my secret identity is going to be revealed through this, but it's completely worth it. Uh, <laughs> so the name of the game, once again, is Wide Out. You can get it for any iDevice. Uh, right now, it's set where you have to have iOS 5 or later in order to download that. However, Jacob, the designer, and I have been having conversations ever since it came out, Midnight, so he knows that that's going on, and he's going to send out an update, so earlier OSs are going to be able to play it very, very soon.
0: Which is exciting. Because yes. there's a lot of people who don't have an iPhone and aren't going to be upgrading or have an older one or an iTouch or something like that. This just, there's a ceiling, so it really locks out a lot of people. And, and unless there's functions that they're trying to use that are only available on the new operating systems or phones, it's, it's better to just roll it back a little bit. Do
2: you know if there's any
1: chance that it'll be coming to the Android market?
2: There's been some on and off discussion i think there's more info on that on the kickstarter page however i am going to try and perhaps pressure jacob into doing that because uh, there's been a lot of interest for an android version of the game so we'll see how it goes android guys stay tuned but for the moment everybody with an iphone ipod
0: ios device of any kind go to the app store and check out whiteout That's my
2: Pixelated Thoughts.
0: Pixelated Thoughts, yes. It's a pretty cool game. We'll talk about it in a little bit after the break, but I wanted to make sure to bring that up in our section because it is very exciting news. It deserves to be in the news section. And then finally, a uh, a solemn moment and observation of the unfortunate shootings that happened today at the time of recording, a couple days ago at the time of this release. We'll elaborate a little bit on this, you guys. I haven't heard as much about it as you have
2: So, by the time you're listening to this, last Friday there was a really terrible massacre in Connecticut. Friday, December 14th. It unfortunately took place at an elementary school, and it is one of America's third worst shootings in history. There's really not a lot that can be said about it. Right now, at the time of recording, virtually no information is known other than it's just a great, huge tragedy. And our thoughts... And prayers go out to the victims. And
0: everybody that's touched by this, which is... Far too many people. Yeah. Yeah. So we wanted to give a moment of silence in observation of this incredible tragedy. And just let the people that touch directly and,
4: and, and then otherwise know that our thoughts and prayers are with them. So.
0: We're back. Now, let's go ahead and talk about issue three of Operation Three Ringbound from Ebon 07 by E. Bergen and D. Bethel. So, if you listened to the last podcast, we actually went ahead and talked about the second issue of Operation Three Ringbound from Ebon 07. We enjoyed it so much. And the guys over at Ebino 7 were generous enough to hook us up with the next couple issues. So we have this one and then the following one. We're just going to continue on an Ebono 7 spree, as it were. Mm-hmm. So it's really a great series, and I feel like each issue deserves a, a individual podcast to talk about, because there's a lot going on. They're rich and interesting. But at the same time, we don't want to get too separated, far apart, and do lots of other stuff and come back to it and have to be disjointed. So we figure we'll just go ahead and just do it all in a row. And we're yeah, enjoying the hell
3: it. You remember months ago when we uh, talked about this tiny detail in another... Yeah, we're going to talk about that again. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So so this one picks up where we left off last time, where Ninja Dan had just turned into a... Log. Log. Or had <laughs> done the Ninja Disappearing Act. Anybody that's ever watched or played or really had anything to do with Naruto at all will know the replace yourself with a log gag. <laughs>
1: Also in the game Castle Crashers, the ninjas in that do that as well. True.
0: I mean, it's a classic ninja trope. And so anyway, so Ninja Dan meets Ninja Justin, who is a jerk and is working for the evil professor, and they both disappear and are replaced with logs. And this will bring me to the first thing I want to talk about, which I thought was brilliant, is that Evan, being Eben, decides to carry around the log that Ninja Dan replaced himself with, thinking that Ninja Dan was transmorphed transmogrified, I think is what they said, it into the log. And he wants to make sure that nothing happens to him. And so he straps it to his chest and carries it around for the rest of the freaking issue. Also, <laughs> paints a, a little really, circle. Yeah, it's it a circle on it to show that, like, it's his little red dot on yeah. his hat. Uh-huh. So Yeah, Ninja good. Dan
1: has a little red dot on his hat, and so he paints that near the top of the log. And it's oh like, my god, I was awesome.
0: dying. So funny. <laughs> There's so much good stuff about this whole series, and it's just another example of how creative and hilarious they are. Hmm. And it's... <laughs> That whole thing was great. I was really glad that they actually went in and did a lot of detail on the relationship between Nij Dan and Justin. Yeah. Because there's some serious history there. And they allude to it rather abruptly at the very end of the last issue. And it leaves you kind of going, what, what, what? <laughs> like, d- is this something we're supposed to know about from before? But apparently not. It's really yeah. something new that they're talking about here. And they go into detail in this one explaining the history. And I want to give away all the, the story points because it's, it's, it's kind of like, whoa, big moments, but it's really neat, and there's some serious stuff going on between the two guys, and an excellent fight ensues where they're just running across the top of the building and going over the school and jumping from building to building and blasting through classrooms. And yeah, the fight scene was
1: really yeah,
3: well The fight scene there. was really cool. When Justin breaks out the forbidden arts, exactly. and Dan retaliates with his D U R T L E power. <laughs> with
0: this giant psychic turtle.
3: Yeah. It reminded me of... Which is wearing a mask which and carrying a sign. Of, of course.
0: Children. It almost reminded me of that scene in Scott Pilgrim, the movie, where they're playing at the uh, battle or oh, amp versus right. amp thing, and with, with wham, them. out comes the dragon, then wham, out comes the gorilla. Uh-huh. This kind of reminded me of that. Yeah. Pretty freaking awesome.
1: <laughs> so, I would also say, going way back, because there is also an 80s reference in this one, uh, <laughs>
0: There were several references in this one. Oh, yes. Princess Bride. There was an 80s reference. There was a whole Star Wars Wars homage. Geeky goodness. I was
1: going to say Big Trouble in Little China. There's a fight scene in that between two guys where they're kind of like shooting these magical beams at each other. And you have in them like images of two guys fighting and they're playing it like they're playing video games and stuff. That's
3: right. Oh, man. I totally remember that.
1: That is a classic movie.
3: Now, one of my favorites in this issue was where Eben is describing all the horrific things he's had to clean up after. <laughs> and it's it's basically it's Bond. It is. It's, yeah. it's, it is. It's Bond. everything I have seen James Bond do in in the classic movies. And he's describing having to go in and mop up the you know the eyeball juice and oh just awful awful stuff. The interaction between him
0: and the henchman was hilarious because essentially it was him saying... trying to scare me, I've cleaned up after this, 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 and this. Instead of being like I killed a man and did it, you know, and all the stuff that he's saying, it's like, I watched a guy do all
1: this stuff. That makes me a badass for some reason. <laughs> it makes him cold and heartless. Right, exactly. Yeah. So good. And I love that they're kind of freaking out about it. <laughs>
0: I know, afterwards they're like damn,
3: this guy's dark. <laughs> he rode the motorcycle off the cliff to catch the plane and flew away and left me to clean up the exploded nuclear reactor. <laughs> It so took good. me a second. I'm like, wait, what? Goldeneye! Yes. golden eye.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this issue in particular is just full of great references. Yeah. So good. So this is the first time the admins actually even read any of this. And so She didn't have time to actually catch up, but she wanted to comment a little on the art.
2: Yeah, it's really brilliant. I like it quite a bit. You could tell that the characters have really evolved to basically their synthesis. They're definitely, these are the characters. This is how they look. This is how they feel. Oh, yeah.
0: They're very fully
2: realized. Which is really great. And... The way that it's colored is extremely appealing to me. I love the almost pseudo-cartoony cell-shaded look. Right. It's really, really appealing. It's so a
0: nice, clean palette. Not some kind of awful custom palette, but not mm-hmm. some kind of really bland,
2: standard palette. Mm. Yeah, all the colors are really dynamic. And it. some of the special effects scene, like there's one scene where there's like a whole bunch of fire. It feels like there's actually fire in the scene versus just like, oh, there's some flames in the background. It's kind of hard to do with digital art, and they do it very well. I'm quite happy with the way that it looks.
0: Yeah, it is. it's really easy to blow it when, yeah. it when it gets to the color. There's a lot of good stuff from the penciling to the inking, but then the color comes along and just kind of shits on the comic. Yeah. yeah. And that's not at all how it goes with Evan 7. It's continually really
1: good. Yeah. yeah. Indeed. Pretty darn cool stuff.
0: Anybody else have anything else to say about this one?
1: I just want to say that it's not really cliffhangers, but in all of these issues, actually, that I've read, they have a great way of, at the very end, going like, wait,
4: what? leaving
0: you wanting next. more. They yes. really yeah. do that. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. This one, there's a huge... Again, I don't want to give away the storyline. I'm really getting into this and I really encourage you guys to check it out. And, and by the way, everything that we've reviewed so far is available at ebon 7com for free for your reading pleasure. Not that I'm not recommending that you pick up an actual paper copy of this. It's pretty great to have it and be able to sit on your couch and read it and just chill out and mm-hmm. all that. and Support Bergen and Bethel, but... Go check it out online. you got nothing to lose, and it's good stuff. It's good stuff. and You can go and read along right with us. And if, you, if you're if you listening to this now and you want to catch up and know what we're talking about next, and the next issue's on there. That's what we're going to do. That's we're right. One of the
3: few times you know what's coming. So read ahead, then then you can review it with us. And if you have to absolutely read everything for free, you can always go and buy something neat at their store. They've got issues, T-shirts, posters. Water bottles. Water bottles. Sketches. All kinds of cool stuff. That's anything it. you can need. Absolutely, all, all the things you could need to deck your
0: house out with Episode Seven goodness.
3: They need some action figures, though.
0: Oh my gosh! Right? I totally want
3: a Ninja Dan action figure. I know. <laughs> We've talked about with just for us transforming action. Does <laughs> 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 oh, he do have please. a kung fu grip?
1: No, it's not uh, kung fu. It would be ninja grip. I know, but it's a you know, it's a oh I know,
0: oh yes. I know, but it would need to be ninja grip.
1: That's true.
2: <laughs> oh my god. Do you guys remember the old transforming toys that we had? Like, there were Ninja Turtle ones where you flip it down and Oh, and turn them like a regular toy. I can see this. So you push a button on his (laughs) back, and his chest pops open, and a log pops out. And then you just throw the rest of the toy away. (laughs) Just throw it away.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Was there anything else we wanted to say before we go ahead and give it our review? Okay, that sounds like nothing. So I'm going to just
1: point you at you, Mr. Brian. What would you like to give this one out of five issues? I think on the last episode, you had me give it a 3.5 out of 5. Yes, I had (laughs) Robo
0: Brian give it a 3.5 out of 5, the the Brian bot.
1: (laughs) So I'm going to continue with my scoring of You told me to decide. I did. (laughs) So I'm going to continue with that, and it's going to be 3.5
3: out of 5. Nice. Joe? Well, I have still read... The next one before all of you guys have. So I'm sticking with my five because I it's just one more. and I just need to know. <laughs> I really need to finish this story. It's, Definitely. Yeah. Sorry, guys. We're going to
0: have to skip you two because you haven't read them all. Hopefully you can catch up. And next time we uh, do the podcast, you guys can give an official review. Womp womp. Womp, womp. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I'm actually going to upgrade my review from a three five to a four.
4: Ooh. Ooh.
0: That is something that rarely happens. Most of the time it starts out good and gets maybe a little better, but then doesn't get so better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like comics more often than not sort of head downhill after a while. Yes. And I really feel like this is getting better. Like I'm getting oh, yeah. more invested and more interested. I'm enjoying it even more. Every time that I read a little further into the story, mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, give me more. Tap that in. Woo. So yeah, oh. I think that I'm popping it up to a to
3: a four out of five. Yeah. There's a couple of things in issue four that uh you jp and the admin gonna totally love oh little, yeah little hidden references
0: so good i'm so excited <laughs> it's so great i really like this series i'm so glad we have another issue to read the issue five is not out yet because it's not done yet
4: <laughs>
0: no. <gasps> there are little ways into what will be eventually issue five online so you can actually get a few pages in but it's not complete yeah, so... it's not enough. Yeah, no, but when we finish <laughs> issue four and when you guys all listening to us catch up to the most recent issue, you can go read it online and stay right up to date. I think they're maybe taking a little of a winter hiatus or a Christmas hiatus. I'm not really sure. I think I think that's what the website said, but uh, I, th- I believe they're starting back in January, so can't wait for more Ebony 7. Oh, another reason to actually get one of the paper copies is that there's a variant cover that is drawn by Melissa Paglusa, Dark Sunrose over at DeviantArt. And her oh, okay, stuff is right.
3: amazing. I just saw in the the Ebon store, they have a poster of that. They have a poster of that? Yeah. So awesome.
0: Yeah. The admin favorite. has a, a couple of her prints, and, and they're yeah. just amazing. She's really, really a very fine artist. And the guys from Ebon07 got her to do a variant cover, and it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, very, very cool. So just all the more reason to check out and support these guys. It's good stuff. Well, let's go ahead and transition into the admin interview. Ah, I get to be
2: interviewed. Welcome to the hot seat. You guys get to hear my voice for like, what, the first time?
0: (laughs) So we are all very excited for you and just in general about your career exploding forward and having the first game that you look at the credit page and it's
2: like, there it is. What's hilarious Mm -hmm. is that this is definitely not the first game I've worked on. I've worked on like... Or, <laughs> but part of the fun of being a freelancer is doing all the work without getting any of the credit and half the time not getting paid for it. So you know. yeah, the
0: check is in the mail is something that you probably loathe hearing.
2: At least when I hear that, there's some glimmer of hope. More often than not, I just get bounce back emails. This email address no longer exists. Really? I <laughs> Have just, you
0: actually had that happen?
2: I've had somebody That's go wicked. Missing.
0: That's wicked.
2: Yeah, I can tell this story since there aren't going to be any names of all Or details specifically. so
1: The names and dates have been changed to protect the innocent. Except they're not very innocent. Not
2: at all. (laughs) If you are listening to this and you know who you are, you better not stay where you are. I'll hunt you down. I'm staring at daggers. The
0: admin is coming for you. Yes. So At the internet.
2: My most annoying freelance experience, actually I have several, but this one in particular, I got hired on to do some 3D models for some project that, let's just say was rather exciting and was for a fairly big name company, but I was working with a proxy agent. So they didn't know I knew who I was working for, but I knew. I work for... Six months to a year on this project, and we're talking like full-time stuff. At first, the money is great. It's regular. It's amazing. And I'm really excited about knowing what I'm not supposed to know. I'm like, hey, Mm -hmm. this is going to be great. I'm going to be able to show people this and be like, hey, you don't know this, but I know this and I did that. (laughs) Eventually, the checks started trickling down and down and down, but my workload didn't. So uh, at the end of the day, I got ripped off for... Couple hundred bucks, not so bad. But then I found out that I was working on a team because my team members started tracking my email address through conversations with our proxy boss. Total about seven K owed to the five of us. Never saw the dude again, just poof off the planet. Nice, that's nice. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, it's the dangers of being a freelancer and
3: just working your way up. But
2: this time is completely different.
3: Yes, this one came out. Yes. Well, there's that. Well,
2: there's that. This one came out, and my wonderful name is on the credits page, and I'm very excited.
0: There's a a hilarious little story about that, because as we mentioned earlier in the housekeeping section, this is a iOS 5 or later thing.
4: Yes.
2: And
0: so it comes out, and the admin's like, squee, I'm going to go download it on my iPod Touch.
2: At 12.01. I was staying up for the midnight release of my own game.
0: (laughs) And goes to download it, and... Uh oh.
2: Despite the fact that I teach iOS courses during the summer, I have a second-generation iPod that I really should probably update because I can't go beyond uh, 4.2.1 iOS. For you Apple nerds out there, you know that we're at iOS 6 now. I'm slightly behind the times.
4: Mm. And, a little
2: bit, and, and, mm, a tiny bit. So. I'm standing outside my own house because I don't have a game store. You know, I'm sitting there and I got some coffee. I'm listening <laughs> to some uh, Tiger Paw on, on my iPod. <laughs> <laughs> Twelve on one rolls around. I'm like, Yay! It's the Full experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I was first in line. Did you put Maru
1: in a in a nice little panda manga dog shirt or something. Oh my god. So We've gotta have dog shirt.
2: Maru. I'm not sure if we brought him up before, but Maru is my Pembroke. Welsh Corgi, who is the most adorable thing ever, and if we can put him in a Panamanga shirt, oh my god. Yes, this must must happen. (laughs) I go to the app store, I see it, and it's a little icon, I recognize my art, I'm like holy crap, it's there, it's real, this is not a dream, and I gotta just find out if I'm credited, I I know I'm probably credited, but you know, I gotta make sure, click! I'm sorry, you must have iOS 5 or further to download this game. And then then I, over at my house,
0: like five miles away, heard... So, so then uh, the Facebook complaining begins.
2: Yes. <laughs> I, I actually posted a couple and just kept revising them. Oh,
0: right. Well, eventually, uh, next morning rolls around and I get a text message from the admin saying, please download my game. <laughs> and so I download it and then take a screenshot of her name on the credits page, send it to her, and all of a sudden she can actually breathe.
2: Yeah, no, here's how bad it was. After my several revision Facebook posts, I literally stood in my kitchen, staring at the kitchen sink for 10 minutes, trying to come to terms with the fact that I have no way of knowing whether or not I was actually credited on this game until the morning when I can go to the office where I work and ask my coworker to download it on his iPad. And he wasn't there. (laughs) 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 I was so horribly traumatized. I was sitting there in my cubelet- just sitting and I realized, wow, it's been an hour and I haven't done any work. I, god I hope my boss is still So and I'm sitting here like I can I can't focus. Oh, God, what if I'm not credited? I mean, I know Jacob's good for it. I, I you know, we, we've taught together. It's great. It's fine. But what if it's not? What if he's really like smiley Whiplash and he's got like this long twirly mustache and I just never noticed? Ah! So I texted JP. And if he didn't return my text, I was probably just going to break through a window and go steal an entire Apple store. So fortunately, not only did he download the game and test it, he had the presence of mind to take a a screenshot, because he's a damn genius, and he probably realized that if I didn't see it, I wouldn't believe him, <laughs> <laughs> and then I would drive to his house just to make sure that he was telling the truth.
0: Yes, and then if it wasn't there, I'd probably get choked because I was who was nearest. Yes. <laughs> so, so, enough behind-the-scenes stuff. Yes. Tell us
2: about the game. Okay, so the game is Whiteout, and it's under the label of Pixelated Thoughts. The programming and concept was by my good friend Jacob Balthazar. Level map art was Scott Case's job, and of course the art and animation was by yours truly, the admin. Whiteout is actually really a fascinating concept, and I'm honored to have been a part of it. Jacob is an instructor that I work with during the summer at the Digital Media Academy at Stanford University, and near the end of the summer, he was just talking about a project that he had an idea for. Literally, it was just like, yeah, I had this really cool idea. He told me a little about it. It was really minimalistic, and it was kind of an interesting concept. So basically, what it was is, as he told me, I had this idea for a kid going through a forest just trying to find his way home. End of conversation. That was the idea behind the game when I first heard about it. And while it's stunningly simple, it's just, it's a sentence, but there's something really attractive about that concept. Mm -hmm. You know, you have a really simple character and he made it clear at the very beginning that this is not a character that was going to be very specific It's one of those situations where it could be like, you just put your own thoughts, like, who is this character? You know, what's going on? You are the character. Right, right, right. And he mentioned he wanted to kind of program some dynamic weather patterns. I thought, this is a really cool idea.
0: Which turned out really pretty, by the way. It's really,
2: really pretty. And all of that, that's all him. He programmed it from the ground up. And I volunteered to provide him some placeholder art, because I figured, oh, this is going to turn into something bigger. But I'll give him something to work with. At the beginning of this, I didn't actually expect that my art would be the thing that everybody was looking at as they were playing the game. I mean, it's, it's hugely exciting, but ultimately I thought, oh, I'm just going to do a favor for a friend, no problem. As time went on, the summer session ended, we went our separate ways, and I just started sending some art to him. Slowly, he began asking me for more, and I was happy to oblige him, thinking like, well, why do, you actually, why do you actually need animation cycles for me? And then he said, you know what, let's go forward with this. Let's actually, this is going to be a game, this is something special. As I was watching it evolve, he would send me screenshots of what he was working on, and I started realizing, wow, this is this is really unique. What it eventually evolved into was the uh, character is roaming through a mountain pass trying to get out of the mountain before winter fully sets in. And you have to walk through the forest and find your way to each cabin point so you could be safe from the winter night's cold.
0: Mm-hmm. There's a sense of being kind of naked out there. It reminds me of... The very beginning of one of, of like the first Penumbra game, where you're out in the cold in the winter and trying to find your way just in the middle of nowhere, and there's this just sort of creepy, eerie atmosphere to it. In that one more than this. This is more sort of introspective and artistic, but there's this feeling of the best way to put it. There's a feeling of kind of nakedness where you're just out in the middle of nowhere and you're searching for safety. Mm -hmm. and the feeling that wells up inside of you when you see the next cabin is like, oh my gosh, thank God. Because you have a time limit. If you don't make it to the next cabin in a certain while, the guy's like, dude, it's it's getting cold and late and I need to turn around. That's it. And so it's almost like a race against time and cold and weather to be able Mm -hmm. to find safety. It's neat. It allows for an interesting sort of feeling.
2: What I really like about it is that... Even though it is essentially a timed game, you don't really get a sense of that while you're playing. You're no. aware of the fact that, oh, i got to do this before the sun goes down. Which
0: makes it, I think, a little bit more, makes you feel a little more anxious as a player. Mm-hmm. Which is good. It adds to the experience. It helps to set the tone for you feeling like you need and want and desire to find the next place. It, it adds makes a it lot of tension. tension. Yeah, exactly. Tension. Mm-hmm.
2: I think the most spectacular part about this game is that the UI is basically non-existent. You have a little button for your pause menu, but nothing else. And that's kind of unusual. It's something that Jacob really wanted to experiment with. He wanted, from the very beginning, a minimalistic game. Games are
0: heading in a direction in general of less and less heads-up display. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a really positive thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Challenges designers to do something and be able to communicate what needs to be communicated to the player in a way that is understandable and, and, I guess, intuitive. At the same time, making it not obnoxious and intrusive. I was just watching Dustin play a little World of Warcraft earlier on, and in a game like that, you need all the stuff that's on the screen. Oh yeah, it's yeah absolutely. Yeah. Like Nine hundred you know, menus. Important, and... but it's but it's a mess. It works fine, but it's a freaking mess. And it's just nice to be able to go from because I was sitting in the living room playing Whiteout and thinking to myself like, oh, this is really it's like clean
1: and simple and <laughs> nice.
0: And obviously, it's completely simpler, <laughs> you know. Oh, but yeah. but it does illustrate how nice it is for really. It's not
1: as finely detailed and complicated, and complicated, as well. and has a massive multiplayer base. Like wait for sure it says, when says no. you play three. Oh,
2: there yeah.
0: you go.
1: Yeah,
2: like, yeah. Oh. New to 1.2.3 Massive multiplayer There's like 50 people looking for the same cabin In the same forest
0: <laughs> And you're all pooping out little tugboats
2: We're not talking about that
0: <laughs> And then 1.5 has pandas Yes <laughs> I do need to know You need to ask Jacob What is up with the tugboat poop
2: need to know what's happening. So I know that he's going to be listening to this. And so I I imagine, (laughs) oh, poor Jacob. I'm so sorry. He has a look on his face right now, I'm sure. He's like, oh, my God. What tugboat poop? What is going on? So there's
0: a really cool mechanic. Because you don't have a map, and you're searching for the next cabin. There's this sense of anxiousness that's just kind of buzzing around you in the air. You're just searching in the middle of nowhere. You've got trees coming by you, snow coming mm-hmm. down. There's just, a little bit of a path at first, just but then it whiteness. devolves into nothing. Right, exactly. And so pretty quickly, you're just kind of wandering around in the middle of nowhere with no real bearing or landmarks and trying to figure out what to do and where to go and testing areas and stuff. And so there's a really cool mechanic where you double tap the screen. Again, no big ugly button on the side to click, but you double tap the screen, the character drops a little item on the ground that at least as far as I've seen, you can backtrack and find again, at least within that same journey. I don't think that it's there when you restart from the cabin if you get lost and the time runs out, or if you get to the next cabin and whatever, but in that one trip from searching for the next cabin before you either restart that level or get to your goal, that item stays on the ground as a landmark for you to try and find your way. And the reason why... (laughs) It's a great mechanic, but the reason why I was saying tugboat poop is that it's not real clear what it is that he's dropping.
4: Yeah.
0: It's just like a geometric shape made of a couple different rectangles and then like a little taller rectangle on the top, and so it kinda of looks like a tugboat to me. It looks like <laughs> and
1: then... it looks like one of those Tetris pieces.
0: Right, yeah,
3: exactly. And but then, then you're dropping it on the ground right behind you. <laughs> and you're dropping it on the
0: ground and it doesn't it, it just appears like at the bottom of your feet. And the hilarious thing <laughs> the hilarious thing is that if you if you spam double tap, you can just leave a fat trail of this stuff behind you and you never run. Out, and it's just like, where is he keeping these? Like,
2: what is happening? It's like the keeping it in the file joke for Silent Hill, <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly, it's a so, hammer space. So it's really, it's real, probably my biggest kind of like WTF moment with this game.
3: <laughs> yeah, otherwise, it makes you know total perfect sense. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a, a good simple, mechanic, it's yeah. important
0: to have, but it feels like I almost wish that maybe you only got three of them or something or five or whatever, some kind of finite number for each trip and then you can maybe replenish at the next cabin Mm. or something because it allows this sort of sense of oh man, these are landmarks and this is an important mechanic for me to use especially later in the game when there's less and less landmarks and sometimes you're just wandering in whiteness with no landmarks of any kind even just the trees that that are sort of a simple landmark earlier on and it would be very useful to have some kind of a landmark so maybe limiting them would make them feel more precious and all that and also making them not look like a tugboat
2: (laughs) so... I'm sure at this point, Jacob is just horrified. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we like the game. Yeah. We like the game. But, I mean, come on. we gotta yeah. we, we got to poke fun at you somehow. I,
2: I just know <laughs> that he's got it. his device out right now. And he's, like, double tapping. He's like, does it really look like poop? <laughs> 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 so, Jacob, I'm sorry. But moving on. So, obviously, this is a first release. It literally came out today. And as... At the time
0: of this recording, it came out at 12.01 this morning. Yes. December 14th.
2: Obviously, with the first pass of a the game, there's always some bugs that need to be worked out. But there are going to be a lot of updates. So, Dude, but, it,
0: but it runs. It hasn't crashed on oh, me. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I know, played oh, it for yeah. like 45 minutes today. It hasn't crashed on me yet. It works really well. There hasn't been hitches or glitches or weirdness. I haven't just like all the things you could imagine going wrong, even in a mm-hmm. simple enough game. I haven't run into that stuff. So so far, it's pretty solid.
2: Oh, yeah, you know, it's definitely structurally sound, which is great. All of the little updates that are going to happen are obviously just kind of fine-tuning everything and making sure that everything appears as it should as according to the actual vision. Sure. But people could definitely download it now and enjoy it as the game is supposed to be enjoyed. And I definitely recommend they do, not just because my name's associated with it, but (laughs) because it's a genuinely cool-looking game and you can definitely play it.
0: There's a specific sort of feeling you get playing this game. It's very neat. I don't know how to describe it other than this sort of introspective, quiet, peaceful, eerie, almost sensation. It's and the music very, selection helps. Yeah, the a lot music with that. selection is really mm-hmm. excellent. The tone of the visuals, the particle effects of the—I oh, don't even know if it's really particle effects—but the snow and the different tones and stuff. And then even just the simple kind of looks like diary entries mm-hmm. in between oh, yeah. each time you go out are very thoughtful and well placed and it's a neat experience you know as simple as it is it
5: is, it is really cool yeah. I enjoyed it idea for the multiplayer make it bunch of people start out and musical chairs cabin finding where each cabin is smaller and smaller and only fits so many people <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god and then so you it's just, a head like, game. Frozen bodies along the path. <laughs> it's like, well, we better not go that way. There's a, there's a dead person there, so obviously they didn't make it. <laughs>
0: That's, uh, That's your landmark. You go out with your friend. And then it's like, you, you have one axe to use.
2: You go, well, what No like, more type of moves, just death.
0: <laughs> Speaking of multiplayer, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about how to survive the multiplayer cliff.
2: Go buy whiteout!
1: listeners to Geek Life. We're now going to transition into our main subject which is climbing the multiplayer cliff.
0: So this was an idea that came about after Dustin and I were sitting around in the living room talking about multiplayer games and I was bitching and moaning and Dustin was trying to coach me through some of the psychology of how to get over some anxiety that I was having about playing multiplayer games. Now that that paints a picture of me being a pretty big giant vagina,
2: <laughs> but <laughs>
0: pretty the, accurately.
2: <laughs> yeah, but, but is he does <laughs> Dustin?
0: Oh my god! Yes,
2: oh, <laughs> evolving
0: quickly. <laughs> anyway, I will be the first person to tell you that I'm not somebody who is driven to play multiplayer. Even on games that have multiplayer, where multiplayer is an aspect to half of or more than half of the game, I'm typically drawn to the single player. I like more of a controlled environment. I like the opportunity for the game designers to create something that is really challenging, but never crosses that unfair line that you just deal with Mm -hmm. in multiplayer. You know, whether it's, you're having problems with your internet connection, whether you're dealing with people who are just drastically better than you that you're just not ready to deal with yet. Mm -hmm. You're in a situation where people are more familiar with things. There's all this sort of stuff that's, that's why we call it the multiplayer cliff. It's like this, the learning curve is less of a curve and more of a cliff in certain situations. In certain situations. And so... I'm not really a multiplayer guy. I've enjoyed multiplayer. I can get into the the mood for it, but that's really what it is. It's not my go-to thing. This is not what I want to do. When I think of playing video games, I don't think of sitting down and popping in Battlefield or Call of Duty or Killzone and just playing for five hours and just shooting at people and PvP sort of stuff. That's not yeah. me. I've never been like that.
3: Yeah, cursing at each other. And...
0: <laughs> well, there's even more. I mean, you know, there's multiplayer in so many different ways that it doesn't necessarily... <laughs> there's lots of flavors of multiplayer that I think kind of naturally spring up from different kinds of games and the environments yeah. which they create. But at the end of the day, I've just never been a big multiplayer guy. Like I, I bought Assassin's Creed 3 a little while ago, and have played through over half of the single player, and have never even put the multiplayer disc in the Xbox. just haven't done it. Huh. And it's not that I'm not interested or don't really care to do it. I'm totally curious about it, but it's just not what really draws me in. And there's honestly a level of sort of noob anxiety about jumping in there and dealing with people who are more comfortable with it, and all that, that's where this whole idea came from, is we wanted to dig in and pick Dustin's brain and pick Joe's brain and talk about some of the challenges that new people have with multiplayer games, or just people that aren't familiar or comfortable with multiplayer games, and help them get over that. Because at times I have been able to get over that and get into a multiplayer game, and it's great fun, and it really can be a good time. And Dustin in particular, it dragged him kicking and screaming onto this podcast okay. because Dustin actually has some professional multiplayer experience, essentially. He was actually in the Cyber Athlete League for a while back doing... Uh, what, what was that like?
5: Uh, Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike source.
0: Mm-hmm. Doing tournaments, had a team, you know, weekly, or a couple times a week you had training sessions with your friends and... Full-on squad mechanics, timing, drilling. So Dustin's has has been like way over on the other side of the fence for me. He's really gone deep into the down the multiplayer rabbit hole. So he's a really cool person to have to and comment on this. Now
3: does the beta testing for some games. Sure,
0: absolutely. What we've done before we started the podcast, we went around and bounced ideas around and came up with a couple subjects that we wanted to talk about. A couple became five to ten, and now it's fifteen.
3: top five top ten yeah so
0: so these are in no particular order and we'll just kind of go around first up bring friends this is incredibly important yes dustin take
5: it away uh so it just makes it a lot more fun when you have friends playing with you for example with battlefield one of the games i've more recently been playing is i have a group of friends that we get on there and we'll play seriously for some for a a certain amount of time and then we'll start goofing around or you're playing basically with them. And yeah, there's other people on there that you're interacting with. But when you have these friends that you're working with, you just seem to stop kind of caring whether you're dying as much. You're just having a good time with your friends.
3: It's no longer you versus the entire universe. Yeah, you know, it's a couple of you versus the entire universe.
0: Yeah, I've noticed even in single-player modes when there's games that have a convincing co-op feel, even if it's an NPC AI character, it brings the level of anxiety down in general. It brings the level of, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, sort of stuff. Even in serious situations, it makes you feel like you've got a partner. And when you actually have real partners that you're communicating with that you know in real life or that you've met and spent time playing with online, there's a camaraderie there. There's, And even when you're talking about, at higher levels, trying to accomplish more, you know how to work with each other, and that's the way you do it. You don't play yeah. multiplayer and just dump yourself in to do what's called, you know, pickup
1: groups. Pugs.
0: Pugs are horrible. Yeah, <laughs> they're the, like the bane of the multiplayer world. That and ping, probably. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll talk about Ping yeah. Later.
1: But misery really loves company. So if you're coming in new to a game, it's nice to have somebody there who's going to get the <laughs> ass handed to them as much as you are. So you know, or even
0: a gracious. More experienced player. Exactly. There are people who are not gracious. Yes. Mm -hmm. More experienced players. Somebody who take, like, a snowboarding, for example. It's like, let's go snowboarding. And you get up to the top of the hill, and then they just kick you down the buddy slope, and then they go on the double black, and it's like, okay, thanks, guys, by myself, what's happening? Oh, a tree. (laughs) 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 Not that there's trees on the buddy slopes or anything, but... (laughs)
2: Best bunny slope ever. Thins the herd. But just to jump in really quick, we can harken back to our experience with Journey, where we actually did oh, have absolutely. somebody yeah. who was oh really gosh. experienced with the game, and they that's not even
0: did... competitive in any way whatsoever. It right. just made yeah. the game better.
2: But it's a perfect example. You know, if you have a gracious, experienced person to help you, you know, lead you through the world. Absolutely, yeah. it makes the game just so amazing. Fishy
1: are correct. If you're listening, we still love you. Still love you.
5: Completely rock. Having the friends with you gives the opportunity for a lot of other really fun experiences that may not even have to do directly with playing the game at the time. An example, had a group of friends in Battlefield. We're all the engineer class, which has a little repair tool that does a minimal amount of damage. And we're all in a squad, and we just go off into a corner and decide we're going to have like a repair tool fight club. (laughs) (laughs) Like, everybody's standing around in a circle. Two people in the middle are fighting with the repair tools. (laughs)
4: That's awesome.
5: That's awesome. And that brings us to our next subject.
0: Make challenges for yourself. This is a great way to extend the enjoyment of a game and also just lighten the mood. Is to see game mechanics, see things like that. Like, Dustin and his friends are like, oh, hey, this thing does a little damage. I have an idea.
5: (laughs) Or... (laughs) <laughs> our, our, our Red Dead Redemption multiplayer online where we ran oh, around man. and started having just fist fights well eventually we started trying to go bear hunting where
4: we
5: <laughs> were just chasing bear around bears bear fist bear hunting <laughs> we did a lot of bear punching
0: and, and, and as you can tell cuz we're you know Children, we, we decided that the best thing to do was to punch the butt of the bear. Also, the business end of the bear is not the butt end. So if you you basically just it's it's kind of like like a prison rape where it's like no fuck you, no fuck you. you know? and so the, you're just chasing the the bear around, punching him in the butt. And the best part was is that Dustin and I were out in the middle of nowhere in bear country. It's snowing. It's it's like rolling crazy hills and. Trees and it, it's not real good visibility, and we're out there. And the whole reason we started bear hunting in the first place is that we were doing fist fighting out there, and then
5: one of us got jumped. <laughs> I think it was me. <laughs> yes, because yeah. I was watching you, and he saw and the I bear, said, bear come behind coming behind, and I just turned and ran. <laughs> and Dustin was like, hey. there, like still trying to fight, and, <laughs> and then <"Mrow." laughs>
1: you have to be faster than the
0: bear. Just faster I think than as the, the bear is the attacking me, Dustin runs back around and starts punching him in the
4: butt. <laughs>
2: Weirdest threesome ever.
5: Oh. <laughs> oh. Also, with making challenges for yourself, I know for me, I'm a really competitive person. Not in, like, a, like, poor sport way, but, like, if I get somebody to beat me, I go, awesome, a challenge. And so, if I'm getting killed over and over, I basically set a challenge. I don't care what happens. I'm going after that guy. So that's the gauntlet have like,
1: has been thrown like, I, I don't <laughs>
5: care. If I get killed over and over and over, Nemesis. my goal is I'm after that guy.
0: Right, and there are mm-hmm. even and, and what's great is that games have developed into such a way where there's even game mechanics that support that kind of thinking. Call of Duty, for example, has the payback mechanic, where if you kill the guy that killed you last, you actually get a little is it last or just ever?
5: Uh, It's last. Yeah, Yeah. so
0: you kill the guy that killed you last, you actually get a little more experience, and then a bunch of bills explode out of their body when they die. And so (laughs) there's perks that show you on the map for a certain amount of time when you come back where the person is who just killed you. And so you can actually play with that, and the games have actually observed players doing this and have created mechanics to nudge you in that direction.
1: Hmm. I have a weird one that's nowhere near as funny as the bear-punching thing, but it was (laughs) something that my friends and I used to do on Gears of War, the original. So when you're doing the four-player deathmatch right. thing, everybody gets these smoke grenades that you can throw. And you can find regular grenades in the game. And if you can find an opposing player, you can actually, like, tag a person with a grenade, and then they'll go kaboom. But if it's a smoke grenade, well, it's not really going to do much damage. It but just
0: smokes them up like a Christmas tree. Exactly.
1: Eventually. So the whole goal was we'd be on separate teams... We'd try and rush and find each other in the middle, <laughs> smoke tag each other, and then run off and try and kill someone before the smoke died off.
3: <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Now, one I did... Uh, we playing... got booted a lot. <laughs> <laughs> what I used to do playing champions was... Uh... Champions Online. Champions Online. The, uh, the tank class. There were two attacks that were my favorite. There was the uppercut and the room sweeper. The uppercut sent whoever you hit up. The room sweeper sent them out. So it was my goal to juggle everyone I hit with that. <laughs> Before they hit the ground, have the room sweeper charged up enough that right as they got back down in front of me, smack them and send them flying off. <laughs> so
0: that good. was fun. So yeah, it's a really good way to extend gameplay enjoyment and also lighten the mood and take away some of that noob anxiety. Mm-hmm.
2: Although the 8th Henry is best known for this, since he's not here, I shall suggest it in his stead. (laughs) Trolling.
0: Trolling is magnificent. It's great. It's terrible. It's all
3: those things.
2: (laughs) So the 8th Henry actually has a saying, and I don't believe this for a second, but he says it all the time. I do not start troll battles I end them.
0: <laughs> he he certainly ends them.
2: But he does start them as well. I
0: think that is also part of it. He I think I think troll. that he gets trolled once in a game and then it's like it's on. And that's it. That's the start and
3: it just goes forever.
2: Here's how bad his troll episodes go. <laughs>
3: They have names. that's how bad they. yeah so
2: he started playing Red Dead Redemption online. Oh my God and... I,
3: have a, I have a red Dead redemption troll thing remind me.
2: <laughs> and so the eighth oh, Henry is not the most technological person on the planet. so the fact L- that a he... little bit of a luddite gentlemen. just ladies slightly so the fact that he was able to figure out how to get on multiplayer is kind of an achievement in itself. <laughs> Uh, there should be a little chivo for people like him. <laughs> you got online! Yay!
5: But, I think there are a few games with that.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he does not for the PS3. He has one for the 360 because somebody bought it for him. He does not have a headset. So he would be on the multiplayer version of Red Dead. He would not have a headset, and he would have no way to communicate with these people that would be online with him.
0: Therefore, be a dick.
2: Well, here's how one event started. He was minding his own business, and then some random dude killed his horse, and then killed him.
0: Best way to do it. <laughs> it's true. The
2: dude was in a posse. Uh, now, normally, as we... Possies are but, like
0: groups. Right.
2: So, as we referenced before, you generally want to bring friends into a oh. game, and then your friends would form a posse. Well, So they were in
0: a trolling posse.
2: Well, no, no, no. Here's the thing. The troll... Had just randomly joined their posse. They were not associated with him in any way other than they let him in. As soon as he comes into the posse, he tags Henry, leaves the posse, runs off... Even though Henry saw the add-on and add-off, he didn't quite connect, oh, they're not related. So he decided to take epic revenge against the people who were in the posse. <laughs> wait, yes.
3: Wait, like, this, is, this is the plot to hang them high. <laughs> well. <laughs> oh, man. Guy so comes good. back from the dead and murders everyone in the gang who killed him. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that Highlands Drifter? That sounds no, kind of no, like no,
2: the crow, that's one too. the
1: preacher.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: So, Henry is really, really well-known for that kind of trolling. Luckily, he's playing on the 360 now and he has a way to communicate with people. Which reduces the trollitude a little bit. Slightly, because he could actually communicate and say, hey, what the hell? And then, you know, in this specific case, they could have been like, that dude's not with us. And he'd be like, oh, well, I'm just going to uh, troll this guy. There was one famous (laughs) moment that I actually walked in for, and to this day, it still makes me giggle. (laughs) He had been trolling a group of people, and I don't know if it was this specific instance or just a uh, separate one. You
0: have to understand, Henry's troll level is like Ninja Master. (laughs) You notice how Admin just glosses over, he's been trolling this group. (laughs) This is not his group trolling a group. It's him trolling a group.
2: He works alone. (laughs) So there's this moment where you could hear everybody else's conversation. So I walk in, and... Henry has this little giggle that he gets, with, you know, he's really terrible, <laughs> yeah. and he shrugs up and he starts giggling, and he's doing that with the controller. And I walk in, I look at the TV, and then all of a sudden, and Henry's handle is Garam Ruby Eyes, which, you know, there you go, if you want to be trolled. I walk in, and then I just hear this Wisconsin accent over the TV. This Garum guy keeps killing me, and then he just shrugs up and starts giggling and tags the dude again. Right, because just the anger, you know, <laughs> coming from the people that he's trolling, and he's just, he's the true troll. He's got that it, shit-eating grin bound that to that perfection.
0: That game, I, I have one <laughs> Red Dead troll story. I have two troll stories that I must tell. One of them is a Red Dead story, and it's probably my favorite one. <laughs> okay, first, I saw Henry trolling people in that game and thought, this looks like a good game to troll people on. So, in that game, like Edmund said, you can get a posse. So I had a posse, just me and this one other guy, not much of a posse, and we did a level where you have to work your way through several stages and then get into this house, kind of on the on the top of this ridge, and then go downstairs, fight your way through, and then you get like a, a treasure sort of thing. So we fight our way, kill all the guys, and then we're about to go downstairs. I unposse and kill him. <laughs> and then take the treasure. And it spawns you like a, a radius away from where you died. So that you can come back into the battle from maybe a different angle or something. So I, I go downstairs, take the treasure, mosey up onto the porch. And I see him running at me. <laughs> and... Earlier, I had picked up a sniper rifle, which is a rather rare gun in that game. So no, sir- that
5: was what you got down below.
0: Oh, okay, exactly. Um. So, anyway, so I sight up, whoop boom, headshot, he drops down. The next thing, he spawns, spawns his horse, and he starts booking <laughs> oh, no. it towards me. I shoot his horse, and then shoot him. <laughs> And he spawns and starts running at me again. He's He is convinced, and he's starting shooting at me this time. Right? I do it again. I shoot his horse, then shoot him, and then I log off. <laughs> Which is the best part, because you have to give them a chance to fight back. Then things can be balanced cosmically, but there was no way to balance that. I just trolled the shit out of him and then quit. And... The best part is, is that You're we had been wrong. playing together, and I was on Dustin's account. So the next morning, <laughs> the next time Dustin, <laughs> the next day, Dustin comes up to me, and he's like, dude, what were you doing? <laughs> and
5: so, and he's like, I'm like, what? And he goes, I got this hate letter. <laughs> oh Which I still have saved to this day. Like, this we're going to have to post that. You no, know, it's amazing. And essentially, it's just, it's just a paragraph of swear words. <laughs> and <laughs>
0: that so that begins with you. <laughs> the best part is, is that after that, Dustin and I are sitting there looking at it, and, and we look at each other, and we're like, do it. And capital Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-Q send. <laughs> oh,
2: now, I gotta ask, because you said that you, you got the idea to troll on this game from Henry. Did you learn that technique from the 8th Henry special? No. Oh my, oh my. So, once again from this game, and the reason why I asked specifically, the 8th Henry special is when Henry... Joins a posse, discovers that he has to sign off to do something, he leaves the posse and tosses a grenade in the troop. <laughs> <laughs> and then right before it explodes, he turns off the system. So good. Oh,
5: so good. Now, one of my experiences again comes from, uh, from Battlefield 2142, which me and a whole bunch of my friends played. One of the first games that had integrated voice chat. Oh, no. Awesome. If you have never heard the blood-curdling, like, 30-second scream of a (laughs) 12-year-old. This is how it happens. (laughs) So, this guy keeps being a jerk to us, and so we decide to mess with him. And I hop in one of the transport jet planes, and he hops in, expecting me to fly, and I fly out, and then parachute out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and crash and so a couple more times he keeps getting in the thing <laughs> and so one time I just dive bomb into a tank one time yeah finally he gets smart he won't hop in it with me so then we have my friend hop in <laughs> He keeps doing it. And we have a group of like five of us. (laughs) So finally, this kid like activates his voice chat and just, we hear just this blood-curdling scream (laughs) of stop it for like, drawn out for like 30 seconds.
0: (laughs) Wow. Awesome. I I have one final quick one. Again, this is the 8th Henry and I trolling somebody. <laughs> so oh, man. We all used to live together. Many of the people sitting around this table actually lived together at some point or another. And what we did was we had two televisions in the living room with our own systems. Because several of us, we lived elsewhere and had our own TV and our own system, you know, acquired them over time. So when we moved in together, we were like it let's put them in the living room together so that we can system link or whatever and see each other and like play like two giant split screens right so we would do that a lot this is i I can look to my right and see it right here this is how we do this okay anyway so
5: well except we're down to two right now we're
0: down to two there was three for a time anyway so yeah we're bad so we we turn on little big planet you're thinking Little Big Planet. Oh, no. That's just a sugar sweet, wonderful game.
2: No, not, oh, not oh, when no. Henry's playing. No. <laughs> so what ends up
0: happening is Little Big Planet. For those of you that don't know, is basically a side scroller Mario rip off type game with three dimensions. Where you, three dimensions is that you can literally be in like three different slots. You know, background, middle ground, foreground, and you can grab onto things. That's pretty much the the best way to describe the most simple basic things of it. The reason why grab onto things is necesito important is that. Henry and I have figured out that you can grab onto players and rather slowly drag them places. <laughs> yeah. and, there's, and there's really nothing you can do to let make somebody let go. Like, um, but you can also you can control their faces and you can control their <laughs> arms individually. If you hold down one of the shoulder buttons, I think it's like R two or L two, and you can move around and then hold R R two or L two, not together because it makes you stop. And then you can just move both arms. But so you can move around. And you can control one arm, and if you snap the controller stick back and forth really fast your guy will slap.
4: (laughs) It's 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 not easy and it's not easy to do. It's not easy to do. It takes a finesse and
0: and when we get to where we were able to do it consistently, it becomes hilarious. So what we do is (laughs) we jump online and we left our party open to people coming in and for about an hour, we basically would play nice for about two or three minutes with somebody when they came in and then basically slap the shit out of them. (laughs) And then when they figured out that that wasn't working, we would run up and grab them and then just jump into fire pits. <laughs> the best one, the best is, is that essentially, you when you slap somebody, they fall a little bit to the side and then land on their face, do a little animation, then get back up. It seems harmless, right? Not when yeah. you're on the edge of something. <laughs> so Henry and I would just for for an hour or two basically would just wait for prey
4: to come <laughs> into the game
0: and then get right up to an edge and then go and then knock people off the edge into water into poison into fire it didn't Um. matter of course we're both sitting there (laughs) shoulders to our ears (laughs) grins to our ears just giggling it's so good
5: Remember, same thing except the part where you're on the roller coaster uh, or the roller skate that's like rolling along right. all I, you and me if you slap someone they're, off that you're going yeah. so fast it kills them because they go off the side of the street <laughs> out, everybody's sitting there chilling riding the thing we just walk up and slap the guy
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh god alright we need to move on to the next episode alright all right. one thing I have found super useful emulating that, uh the South Park World of Warcraft episode mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. stay in the noob area Yep, just or at least start in the new area. Start for there. God's sake! Start yeah. in the new area. Yeah, do all the missions there. Try and level up as far as you can before it becomes like totally ridiculous, and you're just having to hunt down the same respawn bad guy over and over again just to get you know the two experience points to try and get to two thousand. F- it at that point, just move on. But do all the noob missions. Go to the other noob area, do all their noob missions. You know, you're going to be one-shotting a lot of people, but eventually you're going to level up.
0: Yeah, it takes a little bit longer, but it, it takes, takes a away a lot of the danger level. Yeah. And this is a good idea, even in games, because obviously we're talking about MMOs in that sort of a sense, or at least in some capacity, a role-playing game, right? Right. It also works really well, even in first-person shooters. If you look at games that have servers, especially something like Battlefield or. Team Fortress Classic or Team Fortress 2 or pretty much all the Valve games, you can jump into... You Basically, you log in and you see a big fat list of servers and you jump into one, right? The servers are labeled, people. Look at the label.
3: Mm-hmm. It'll
0: say noob or expert or this or that. It's like you can pretty well tell outside yeah. of the kind of matches and the map it's on and all the other details, there's an actual place where people can put in whatever the hell they want. And they can say stupid shit, but... If you look, or you do a search, or something, or a filter, you can typically find. If you type in noob, enter, you're going to find servers that you should be on right away, out of the gate. You're not going to jump in somewhere where it's middle to high level and you're just getting sniped and killed left and right, and everybody's memorized the map and can do it in their sleep. Mm-hmm. It's it, you know you got you got to start in the new bear, you guys. Start yeah. you know play with start people small, at your level.
3: Start small, level up. Exactly. Don't go max level with it because then that's just dumb. But yeah, start small. That brings us to another good point, reiterating what we just said before. Learn the maps,
0: people, mm. especially in games that have maps. I mean, obviously, every game has a level, a map, something. But games where the map is really, really important is something like a first-person shooter. And Dustin can really attribute you know, a or lot of success to being familiar with the map. And more than just familiar with it, but really knowing it.
5: Yeah, I mean, for the first time when you jump in a game and it's new maps and everything, you're going to be running on and you're going to get shot from behind. You're going to, you know, something's going to happen because you don't know that there's that door there that somebody's going to run out of or a window or... So once you learn that, you start learning, okay, I need to watch those places. I, ca- I can cut through there. I can do all sorts of stuff like that that you just don't know when you first come in and it makes a huge difference.
1: In fact, I remember in our Call of Duty tournament when we did the midnight launch party, we had games set up and we had to... Before we let people start the tournament, we had to level everybody's characters up to level 4. Of level that.
0: 4 so that all the basic classes were unlocked. Yet. Yes.
1: And so I had never played a Call of Duty game ever until that day. And really, in this day and age, shooters, the control schemes are pretty universal. Yeah, very trim So trim. I could easily just pick up the controller, start playing the game, and first couple times I was playing it, I was getting my ass handed to me because it didn't really matter because we were just trying to level guys up and we could swap controllers, but I didn't know where anybody was or anything right. was. I kept running in circles. Same old learn your map problem. Yes. Mm-hmm. Learning the maps is huge. But then you pick up the map pretty quick, and yeah. all of a sudden exactly a totally change. After the fourth time I played it, I learned that map, and I was killing other people left and right.
3: Absolutely. Maps are a huge, huge deal. Yeah, that's why I was good at Goldeneye. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There were so many camping spots in every... <laughs> Goldeneye was such a camper's heaven. Oh, I know. Every single map there were at least three Like, especially the stack one, where you could get up on the top level and just throw mines on all of the the
0: entrances. Oh, my God. GoldenEye is so great. One more thing before we go to break. Just a quick cautionary suggestion. Again, talking about looking at the server, especially games that separate things out into different servers for different, you know, levels. And really look at that list of information that each server gives you. It's (laughs) going to give you how many players out of the max players they have set are there, what kind of game it is what map it's on, a little personal message, and then this particular note, mind the ping, people. Look at the ping. If you don't know what ping means, it's essentially what is your connection like to that server? Mm -hmm. That takes into account all kinds of stuff. Your internet connection, your proximity to the server that you're hooking into, how good the server is that you're hooking into in the first place, how much people in your area happen to be using the internet, especially if you're on cable and you're kind of sharing your speed. There are so many different factors into the ping that if you find something that has bad ping and you're just lagging left and right and having a hard time and it feels like people have this kind of superhero advantage and they're warping around and shooting noob from behind and you just can't keep up, it's probably because not because you suck so bad, but because, because you're, running you're lagging. Into a
3: wall for five minutes.
0: Exactly. So mind the ping. Pay attention to all the information that each server gives you. Try and find something that gives you the least amount of lag. Ping essentially equal lag. So if you are attentive about the ping, you won't have to deal with the lag problems as much. And this unfortunately isn't something that you can see so much on consoles. Sometimes they'll have like a connection sort of like Wi-Fi looking thing, but sometimes it's just not like that. Call of Duty in particular, I've noticed one of our friends is always playing Call of Duty. There's not really any, hey, this is the ping, and he comes from the East Coast. And we're out here on the West Coast, and so he's got a lot of friends that he made back there and played with for a long time and is constantly bitching and moaning about the ping. And so this is another thing about ping. Play with people who are local. I know that sucks. It does suck. When you're dealing with something like an online game that uh, you can purchase your own server and upkeep it, something like... Battlefield like Counter-Strike, like Team Fortress. There's lots of games that are like that. Like You get back. a centrally located one. So Dustin, like when you were with your group competitively playing, and you had guys all over the place, you would try and get something that was kind of smack dab in the middle so you guys would have a consistent, even ping, right?
5: We did at first. Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up, because we were in a league and you had to have people playing for the league matches on the server, it had to be in the zone. You, you signed up for the league in a geographical region. Right. So we ended up, at first, when we were we had a central time zone located server. And we ended up having to switch to a Pacific server because we were in that Pacific zone. Want to compete, yeah,
0: right. Hmm. But just for having a good time, play with people who are local. Especially if you're in a game that you can't really have access to being able to see the quality of your connection. However it's expressed, whether it's some little weird Wi-Fi thing or dots or bars or ping numbers. Try and get the lowest, least amount of lag possible. And what you can do for that is just pay attention to the ping and also just play with people who are local. Get on local servers. Don't be trying to play with somebody in Japan, because guess what? It's gonna feel weird, man. It's just gonna feel weird. You can play with them, you can connect, but you're gonna punch and then they're gonna punch and who the hell knows who's gonna hit first. Especially system-to-system stuff like playing something like Street Fighter Online, essentially whoever is hosting the match is gonna be like a god if there's bad ping. Because you're gonna move faster and catch everything. And so it's just, it's a mess. So, mind the ping. After the break, we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about our list of suggestions about how to climb the multiplayer clip. You're listening to Geek Life. We'll be right back.
3: Welcome back to Geek Life, we're talking about games, specifically climbing up the multiplayer cliff. So one thing makes a lot of sense, co-op before you PvP. Good idea. You know, This is a great way to learn your maps, this is a great way to learn the game mechanics, it's a great way to get comfortable in playing with other people online. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, because if you kind of have the anxiety of playing with a bunch of people you don't know and how well you work together, games like the Gears of War series where they have those horde modes or zombies in Call of Duty games or I forget what it's called in the Halo games, but it's basically just wave after wave of guys coming at you and you as a team have to defend yourself. There's no real head to head kind of things going on there. You kind of get a feel for how players play the game. You get to know some of the people online.
0: Well, if multiplayer is a struggle for you, it's probably likely that not multiplayer isn't, right? I mean, if you're a gamer and not multiplayer, the less clunky way to say that is PVE, which is player versus environment or player versus NPC sort of thing, right? And essentially co-op is player and player versus environment. (laughs) right and so you don't actually have to deal with a dynamic opponent that's not a computer program of ai or in some capacity you don't have to deal with real people you don't have to Mm. deal with ping for the most part you get to i mean with your enemies anyway you can actually just play with another person and you can bridge that gap it's like a nice sort of baby step in the direction of really full pvp
3: multiplayer it's just a good way to get comfortable with what you're playing
0: i dare say it is a much more enjoyable way to get to know the game mechanics than just playing the single player. Yeah. Because there are games that offer all three, single player, co-op, and then multiplayer PvP. Single player, a lot of the time, is okay, but seems to be kind of glossed over. Anytime that a game is really all about it's multiplayer. The co-op is even typically a whole lot more fun than the single player.
1: Yeah, there are plenty of games where... Single player is just basically a tutorial, so you learn the mechanics <laughs> to play right. multiplayer. And, and, you know, you're done in like eight hours, six hours, something like that, or less. Right.
2: Another good way to get up that cliff is to observe achievements.
3: A lot of games, especially on the PC, the MMOs on the PC, will have a laundry list of achievements. I remember ever-growing list. Yeah, I remember playing Champions, and they had well over two hundred. Now, no. I was up to 200, <laughs> <laughs> and, and there were about 500. Oh, okay. So, yeah, from discovering hidden places on the map to killing a certain amount of enemies in a certain amount of time, you get experience points for this. It helps you level up. It's it also gives you, like, a window into the game designer's plan of to how to play. Exactly. Because sometimes
0: games have so much flexibility and are so open-ended, especially something like an MMO. I mean, shit, you could spend... 10 hours crafting something or 10 hours fighting other people or 10 hours exploring or 10 hours mining or what i mean there's so much you could possibly be doing that sometimes you can get kind of lost in it all and Mm -hmm. achievements are a really really kind of razor's edge way to cut through all the well i don't know what i'm kind of uh, sort of business and get right down to this is one of the things that we think you should be spending your time doing
3: exactly
1: yeah and even the console games will have that with the action games they're a lot of them or sports games, there will be achievements of doing various things online. It'll so it'll
3: just, raise it'll like elevate your ability
1: yeah quite a bit if you aim to get achievements.
3: Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are even designed to teach you how to do specific things. Exactly. Games. Exactly. For the longest time I
0: thought achievements were ridiculous and the only game that I ever cared about achievements with was the first or I guess just the entire Uncharted series because mm-hmm. you would essentially get kind of you like electronic bucks. Yeah. And then you can spend the bucks on unlocking stuff or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I always thought, I wanted to do something. But the thing is, is that, yes, it is sort of just another e-penis challenge, (laughs) you know. But what it really does is it stimulates new and interesting ways to try and master the game. Mm -hmm. And it also will tell you how the programmers desire for you to play.
3: And I'm a complete OCD player. (laughs) If there are achievements, I have to unlock all of them. A little bit of a completionist? A little bit. Bethesda
0: games are a little daunting for you. You have to set aside a month. You're like, all right. Yeah, I have
3: to (laughs) set aside some time. But, uh, yeah, I I go after all those achievements, all those challenges. Not just the Steam ones, but the ones that are actually (laughs) (laughs) in-game. Which are a lot more.
5: So many, so many. Uh, Another important thing is... Adjusting the controls. For me, I like in shooters especially to actually turn the sensitivity down. Technically, if you can control accurately with the higher sensitivity, you can be better. But I've just always found that I'd rather rely on my reflexes being quick and have a little bit more precision control. Mm -hmm. But get it to how you feel comfortable. Some games you come in and it's really high sensitivity and you have to turn it down. Some you come in and it starts out way too low but get it to where you're comfortable with it, and it'll make a big difference in how you play.
0: Even more than just the sensitivity, change the controls. A lot of the time there's maybe different control schemes. Sometimes it's even down to customize what each button does, and don't be afraid to go in there and be like, okay, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. This is how it is, but this is how I want it. I don't know what we were playing at the day. The new Halo, Halo 4. The control scheme in Halo 4 predates some of the control schemes that are more popular now. With zooming being one of the shoulder buttons and yes. a click. And it's just different. The control scheme was different, but it in some ways sort of predates what we expect to be as the norm now. But...
1: I'm I am just throwing grenades instead of zooming in.
0: <laughs> I'm simply more comfortable with what's more common now because I'm just doing it more. And so instead of going back and being like, oh, the good old days, I remember how Halo used to play. I'm going to do it that way. No, because I kept throwing grenades when I wanted to zoom in and I kept squatting when I wanted to melee or something. It just wasn't working. And it was a simple issue of start, controls, switch. Oh, great. Now I'm not dying constantly. Now I'm not wasting all my grenades and blowing my friends up. It's just a huge yeah. thing. You just customize the controls. There's nothing wrong with that.
1: Yeah, and for me, I know a couple of people in this podcast know about this, but I've actually had some medical complications and some nerve damage. So my fine motor skills in my hands aren't really up to par. So playing a lot of shooters is actually kind of difficult for me. So I actually have to turn the sensitivity pretty far down. And I know it like frustrates some of my friends when they're playing on my account, and they're like, What the-
0: you press left and like two minutes later you yeah, turn fifty
1: degrees. It's exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. But like for me that's the only way I can really play. Otherwise I'm gonna be shooting like a spastic person and yeah. it's just t T-Rex arms situation. Yeah. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah it's it's that's, really that's really the reason I'm utter crap at, at shooter games anymore, especially on consoles, because the sensitivity is always set so high and I can't do the Twitch reflex like that mm-hmm. and it just does not click in my brain.
0: But there's, there is a certain amount of you just got to get used to it and make it work with mm-hmm. these games. There is a skill for a lot of these games. But there is definitely a lot that can be done to lubricate the process of getting better. And instead of just banging your head against a wall, trying to make a control scheme work for you that really isn't right for you. Yeah. Now, segueing into our next thing... Practice, practice, practice. Practice, people. If you want to play a multiplayer game, this is a time investment. Even if it's just deathmatch, running around, shooting at people, restart. Deathmatch, running around, shooting at people, restart. New map, rinse, repeat. It's a skill. you got to build it. It's not... Press the big red button to win. It's not be led by the hand and all these obnoxious on-screen tutorial stupid Nintendo Wii bullshit. It's Mm -hmm. not like that. You want to play a multiplayer game, you're going to be dealing with people who are good at it, that are Mm -hmm. building skill. And you have to build skill to be able to tap into that community and really Mm -hmm. enjoy all that the games have to offer
1: yeah and like you know i realize it's frustrating when you're playing a pc game and you're playing the single player mission and you're pretty much just owning the game like a god well because you have it on casual and you have the god mode on (laughs) and then you play on multiplayer you're like they're killing me left and right and not used to dying but yeah you just gotta practice you gotta know the way of the game those
5: people that are killing you over and over They don't know some sort of secret. They have just played it more. Yes.
1: It's Mm
4: -hmm.
0: as simple as that. Now, there is a certain amount of cheating that goes on in the online multiplayer games. It is an unfortunate but just true reality. And a good way to know when someone's cheating is when when it feels like they can see through walls, they probably can.
4: Yeah. (laughs)
0: There's a certain amount of, wow, their bullets are doing more damage. It's, they're aiming better than you, dude. Wow, this guy snuck up on me. He knows the map better than you, dude. Wow, these guys converged on my point and took me down and took it over. They have good team mechanics. They have good teamwork. They have a plan, strategy. But if you're just walking around a corner and sneaking and being really good, and and the moment you step through a doorway, well, bam, right in the head. That's, they're cheating. They're hacking.
4: Mm -hmm.
5: Yeah, I actually had kind of a big revelation in this subject when I got I was lucky enough when playing Counter-Strike Source to go to a LAN tournament where I got to play against players from two of the biggest state right yeah it was in Washington DC and I got to play if you if you're with Counter-Strike teams at all these guys are big names Team 3D and Powers Gaming and I got to play against them and got absolutely creamed but what it made me realize is when we came from playing the online league And we'd go up against these people that it just felt like they were just ungodly shots and like the reaction time, just their perception of where we were, it felt like, wow, these guys must be amazing to have guessed that or to have been that quick. Well, when we played against these, these really, really good teams, these are the best guys in the world at this game. It made us realize we weren't getting outshot. We weren't getting their, you know, faster reaction. They were human reaction speed, things like that. How they kicked our asses was with teamwork and coordination and playing smarter. So going back to playing online after playing against the best in the world at this and realizing that these guys that are at our level and these guys are way tougher than this. Pro team that we played against.
0: Pro as in making money with it. This is what they
5: do. Yeah. Team 3D goes around to what they called the CPL tournaments, which were, if I remember correctly, like $500,000 prizes. And this (laughs) is the team that was winning those most of the time. This is what these guys do for a living and
1: well. I remember you talking about recording games and just watching how people would cheat.
0: You know, at the end of the day, though, because this is meant to inform and help you, Just change the game you're playing. Switch to a different group. It is an unfortunate element, but it's a shark in the water. But if you're going to swim, you just got to deal with it.
5: Or back to the uh, making challenges for yourself, what me and my friends used to do. If we found someone cheating, we would hunt them down and make their lives miserable. (laughs) 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 Where we would join their team and just kill them over and over and over. (laughs) So we knew where they were. And we would basically, they were ruining everybody else's time. We would ruin their time.
0: Ah, now this next one, this one rings home for me. Dustin and I,
3: our roommate, the phantom of PM, the silent (laughs) contributor. uh, (laughs) Occasionally waving comments to us. (laughs) The bodyguard
2: of the TVs at our releases. Yes.
0: Mm -hmm. He plays Call of Duty like it's going out of style. Now, he plays a lot of different games. He's a very, very skillful gamer and a great, great guy and a very close friend. But... Man, does this guy play Call of Duty, and man, does he play well. But (laughs) (laughs) it's been a unique window into the Call of Duty world, because Call of Duty was never something that Dustin and I were ever really seriously into. I mean, as you can tell from the games that we're talking about, multiplayer-wise, the games that we have had the most experience about, and that I personally have the most experience about, whether personally or by proxy just watching Dustin, is the online sort of first-person shooters that are more... Team-based and not single player run around it stuff sort of thing Call of Duty there's a lot of teamwork that could be had but the most popular thing is team deathmatch and by team it's not being a squad to work together it's this team versus that team and you just kind of spread out and blow each other up right and that seems to be the most popular And I don't mean to talk out of my ass and make things up this is something that I've observed maybe I'm wrong maybe this isn't the truth but it seems to be a very different culture that has popped up around Call of Duty and games like it in comparison to something like Battlefield or something like Counter-Strike or Team Fortress Classic, which I'm just kind of naming off the the top ones off the top. Or or I was going to say Left 4 Dead, but that's really pretty much exclusively co-op. They have the versus mode, but it's
1: very strange. Rank, Mag, Killzone. Right.
0: Anyway, so I guess what I'm trying to say is don't obsess over statistics. The PM Phantom is one of the finest... Call of Duty players I have ever seen in my entire life. The kill streaks that he can make are downright scary. In a game where you can blow on someone's toe and they die, you know. <laughs> and it's just amazing to watch watch him do his thing, but I've never seen someone be so incredibly angry about numbers on a screen. Mm. You get into a game and you have bad ping and it's just outside of your control and it's not that you're doing bad. It's not a commentary on how good you are. It's just you're in a situation that's bad or you're in a situation where your your entire team is just blowing And you have to try and carry them. And you have a good score, better score than them, but your team's dying, all that. But the thing is, is that those sort of situations, they start to mess with your statistics. Mm. They start to mess with your kill-death ratio, or your KD, as they say. then they start
3: to mess with your head.
0: Exactly. There's there's a lot of, almost like racial profiling, except it's like gamer profiling, essentially, Mm. where somebody pops into a group with you. You look at their statistics and they're like, well, uh, I don't want to play with these guys and try and refresh and get into it, especially when you're doing pickup groups and you don't know people. Yeah. You're looking at their statistics to get a candid look at how good they are and whether or not you want to play with them. The problem is, is that pretty soon games like that statistics become a huge deal and it becomes a point of struggle and frustration and just makes you furious sometimes. And it's unfortunate and it is kind of a necessary part of it, so that you can get a, a candid look at the people that you're jumping into a pickup game with to know whether or not you want to play with them. But at the same time, God, you just you can't let it drive you crazy like that. And it does; it drives people freaking crazy. Whenever a game has statistics, and statistics are an important part of the community, people go crazy about statistics. And it's like, man, sometimes it's outside of your control. It's not a commentary on how good you're doing. It's not a commentary about your worth or skill. It's just you got you got screwed. You're in a shitty situation. The problem is, it's like you get a mark on your, like a, a bad mark, and it just yeah. follows you, and it, it's yeah. it's ugly. And, uh, it's that
3: B-minus you got on the report. Exactly,
0: there. exactly. And the, and the fact is, is that a, this is just, unfortunately, just another part of multiplayer gaming, kind of like cheaters. It just sucks, and you just got to deal with it, but you can't let it get to you. And I mean, there's really no other way to say it. It's not, you know, there. Here, here's a good way to think about it so that it won't get to you. It's frustrating, and it is an important part of sizing people up that you don't know, but Matt, don't let it get to you. You can't let it get to you. You just got to choose for it not to be a big deal.
1: Yeah, I know that in Mass Effect 3, the multiplayer, I often play with a buddy of mine who plays as a class called a Vanguard. You know anything about the multiplayer in Mass Effect 3, you know that it's pretty much one of those cover-based games, you know, pop around a corner, stop shoot, stop and pop, stop and pop. The Vanguard is the only character where if you play it right, you can just, oh, there's a bunch of people, warp in, just maul them all, kill them, warp out, find another group of enemies, warp in, kill them all, and his kill score will be ridiculous. Like, he'll have like a five times the amount of the second person, and where my... is is i just run in support shoot a few things to assist and help people like get some aggro so that they can get out of the situation that they're in so i am always way down below in the scores but you know because we're a team together i never get booted uh (laughs) but if i ever do that with other people chances are i'm going to get booted from the game but i'd never let that bother me i always kind of laugh when i am above the because you're in a four-player squad if i'm above third place i'm like ah. Just lucky people. This is awesome.
0: But, you know, that actually brings another good point that we don't even have on the list here, but uh, I'll throw it out there real quick. In games that have support classes, play the support class. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily have to be an excellent shot. To be able to be a important part of a group, mm-hmm. be a medic, be an engineer, heal the tank, heal the people, hang back, have a group of people, a squad running in front of you, someone drops down, bang, re- heal them. You get points, you get experience, yeah. you can spend it on getting a gun or a sight that you feel more comfortable with, and then you can start shooting people. This is a
3: good way to kind of ease your way into a game. Anyway, so let's move on to the next one. Yeah, and speaking of don't obsess over statistics, don't obsess over your character dying. It's not actually you, as much as you've made it look like you, or...
0: (laughs) Or time you've invested, or it's your avatar, or whatever. You're gonna die. It's gonna
3: happen, but you'll also respawn.
0: Don't let your self-worth as a gamer, or your feelings about how good you are, your skill, don't let it get wrapped up with your character dying. If your character dies, there's a lot of reasons that your character could die. Sometimes it's your fault, sometimes it's not... It doesn't really matter though you got to get up and keep going i mean the only game that's frustrating in is counter-strike because you die and you got to wait for five damn minutes for (laughs) you to play again but that's that's really one of the most unique and interesting situations and and for us mean ass hardcore gamers people that like games like dark souls and demon souls and games that are just mean it kind of adds to the the high (laughs) essentially when it's like the stakes are higher because then it's like Oh, shit, oh shit, oh shit, if I die, I have to wait for a long time, and that's the worst thing in gaming.
5: I think that's one of the reasons why I have an easy time getting over that in a new game, uh, of dying and doing everything like that, is because my first online multiplayer experience was Rainbow Six, which is the same sort of style as Counter-Strike, and then really, <laughs> yeah. Counter-Strike is where it took off for me. And every time you die, you have to basically sit and wait. You're out for, for that, that round.
0: match, because you only get okay. one life. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm.
5: And so... That's kind of one of the toughest ones to get over because once you start getting good, then you survive, you live longer. But at first, you just spend a whole lot of time watching everyone else.
2: Yeah. It's kind of you, like
0: snowboarding again. You spend a lot of time on your butt the first time you go, you know. Yeah. But you got to get over it. Your butt's going to freeze. Your character's going to die. You just keep going.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Little snow in the pants never hurt anyone. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you just have to know that when you're jumping into a new game, consider yourself like the first few hundred deaths. Yeah, what does it like, they say
0: for, for Dark Souls? Prepare to die. Yeah, exactly. Just be prepared. prepared to die. Expect yeah. it. Expect yeah,
3: your fodder for a long time. Yeah. One great thing I've I've gotten into the habit of when I get trolled, you know, if I've started a new character, the same two guys will gang up on me over and over again. I'm just trying to do the damn mission. And they're sitting there waiting for noobs to come by. And they just jump in. Just to piss them off. I'll get to the same spot where they killed me before. Start dancing. (laughs) Just let them kill me. Go back. Start so dancing again <laughs> <laughs> until they're they're bored of it. All like, right, all right. This guy's not even fighting back. This isn't fun anymore. We're not that's, pissing him off. That's hilarious. And then I'll follow him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, where are we going? Just weasele we you just
3: stand hey. uncomfortably close to them. Yeah. What's up? Stand close. Start dancing. <laughs> uh, the things you, know, you can do in yeah, MMOs are hilarious. If you, just if you, can't, if you can't fight back. Annoy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dance battle. Yeah.
5: You got served. Oh my god. On that kind of note, did one thing where I was helping a friend who was questing on a low level character and I had my high level character and I was kind of This is for while uh, Yeah, I was kind of a like a hidden guardian. I was on my flying mount flying way above him. <laughs> he was running around questing, and then I'd see somebody coming towards him and I'd wait. And like they'd start, like you'd see, they'd start heading towards them, and then just drop out of the sky and kill them, and then back flying again. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's like fishing for gankers. So this is an important one.
0: Have a mic. You gotta be able to communicate, especially in these games that are more complicated, that require any sort of teamwork. Dude, have a mic.
2: Don't be a Henry.
0: Don't be a Henry. Yeah, exactly. The more you can communicate with somebody, the less frustrating it is to play. Absolutely. And on top of that, a unfortunate side effect of the importance of having a mic you need to learn how to mute because there's going to be that obnoxious little 12 year old who has talks with a lisp because he has too much freaking gear in his mouth who's just Mm -hmm. a little piece of shit and he's just going to scream and yell and bitch and moan and cuss at you Mm -hmm. and you got to learn how to select press triangle mute (laughs) <laughs> Your whole world becomes just white, pure bliss as soon as you mm-hmm. mute the douchebag. And there's gonna be a douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> just mute him. That's it. It's as simple as that. People that are being auditory trolls, mute them. That's what? it. It's as simple
1: as that. But know you can mute and be willing to mute. I hear Beethoven's Ninth every time I do that sort of thing.
4: It's like, it's
1: like
0: ah. Oh. oh oh oh! Quick quick troll story. Speaking of speaking of music, I. I went onto YouTube and downloaded a bunch of crazy sound clips and sound effects and stuff from cartoons and famous movies and stuff. And then what I did, playing Red Dead again. And the reason why Red Dead's so great for audio trolling is that there's a radius bubble around your character where everybody can hear anything you have to say. <laughs> oh, no. It doesn't have to necessarily be inside your posse. Well, that's, that's, that's
5: really of, unique because that's, almost every game you have to be on the same team. Right, yeah. yeah. Or, so or
0: it's really like unique. And so you can get around anybody just hanging around and you can say stuff and so what I would do is I'd sneak up behind somebody and just and you could just walk up and you never know if someone's going to be hostile or not but in, in town they don't tend to be because you get in trouble so I kind of mosey up to somebody you know and then, then play Nelson and then shoot them in the head and, and then and then basically troll around
1: the periphery
4: <laughs>
1: yeah there's actually devices made for that where you can, like, input audio clips into it and then just press buttons to do yeah, that. Yeah, good old soundboard. There's... Oh, I remember hearing about somebody that would, like, play a game with some people and he would use nothing but Duke Nukem clips <laughs> from <laughs> Duke Nukem
0: awesome. 3D. So good, so good. Two more. Dividing is not conquering. Now, we're talking about dividing your attention and time between multiple multiplayer games. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. If you don't want to be a perpetual noob... Pick one, yeah. play it, practice it, and then follow all the previous suggestions that we've got here. Yeah. Do not play three, four, five different multiplayer games yeah. at one time. You're going to get your ass kicked in all of them. Yeah. Changing to the next one isn't going to make you feel better about yourself. It's essentially starting back at the bottom of the ladder again. Not That's a good right. idea, just don't do it. Simple as that.
5: I, right? I don't know. I disagree with that. Just be prepared, if you are going to do that, to realize that you're not going to build your skill as fast in any of them. True. Yeah. Because I've gone through times where I yeah, you're not a noob. Games? This is a noob list. Yeah. That is a mind. very
0: mature, experienced way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. And what I'm thinking is, is that people that are standing at the bottom of the multiplayer cliff, looking at up at its gargantuan scariness, is not somebody who's going to have a a well-adjusted, peaceful, experienced perspective. Me three years multiplayer. ago.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I'd be lucky if I didn't throw my control through the TV <laughs> right. sometimes.
0: Sometimes I wish they had little lanyards like they do for the Wiimote on the PlayStation <laughs> controller. Because I get mad and throw that son of a bitch.
3: Or <laughs> like on the little key stretchy thing. Exactly. Yes. So oh my god. Can you imagine how style? many
2: teeth would be broken? <laughs> <laughs> like this! Yeah, With that's this. a lawsuit <laughs> waiting to happen. <laughs> All right.
0: And finally... If all else fails, if every single other thing on this list just comes up short for you... And you're over the age
2: of 21...
1: Get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> just remember, drink responsibly.
2: If you're really not experienced with games or you've just decided that can't happen, don't do it anymore, just get drunk. It really makes things a lot more fun, and if you're laughing your ass off at dying, then it's not so bad when you die. Especially if
0: you've got a mic on.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Guys, hey, 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 guy, hey! Boom, good shot, dead.
3: Unless you're an angry drunk, because then yeah, you're
2: actually that would be more hilarious for the other people hearing (laughs) (laughs) you.
3: See, and then there's 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 the there's the secret secret
0: side note about getting drunk is that. It augments your abilities. Some people get better. Some people get worse.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That's right. I did say fun. some people get better. <laughs> we originally were thinking, oh, after we turned 21 and we were like, you know, started to actually have alcohol be part of our get togethers. We.
3: <laughs> yeah. When we were twenty one. When we were twenty one.
0: Um, <laughs> we, we decided we decided, I know, let's have a drinking game with Halo. We'll play and every time you die, you gotta take a drink. That doesn't always work. <laughs> there are people, like Dustin, who get better when they drink because they get looser and more relaxed and more chilled out and they get in the zone. And it's it's like a it's like a Wait, shortcut. Here's the
5: problem. I had more experience with the game going into this. So I started getting all the kill. I was killing more people, and so, we're so I wasn't drinking. Getting- <laughs> so we changed the rules to be: you have to drink when you get a kill. Oh, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then we found that really didn't work because I got better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it was it was bad. It was a very unique experience because I was expecting just like everything else that you know the the better you do or the worse you do or whatever it is. Whatever the reason is for you to have to drink, it's going to make you more sloppy at whatever it is that you happen Mm -hmm. to be doing. And and it's just like a downward spiral. You know, you play drunk Jenga, which, by the way, is magnificent. and We'll have to talk about that someday. Uh But drunk dexterity anything, (laughs) if you have to drink when you make a mistake, the more you drink, the more mistakes you make, the more you drink. It's Mm. a good thing and a bad (laughs) thing and all that. But it doesn't always work like that with games, and so there are people like Dustin who can be what we like to call the drunken sniper, <laughs> and he'll just he'll just pick the most obnoxious way to kill people or the most kind of outlandish, strange thing, and he'll just headshot, 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 and just be giggling drunk.
5: <laughs> for how we found this out originally, the for the first time was playing Counter Strike regularly. There's a, a sniper rifle called the Scout that is generally nobody. Really uses if they're trying to be serious because it's not very good. No, it doesn't kill in one shot unless you get a perfect headshot. So it's shot.
0: kind of an insult to get killed by it.
5: Yes, mm-hmm. yes.
0: So enter drunk sniper.
5: <laughs> so the first time I found this out was playing with my roommate Chaz. We we had we're sitting in a room and basically both facing computers facing out different directions at ninety degrees. So we're kind of shoulder to shoulder at our desks, and you can look over your shoulder to see his. Yeah, and so I'm drunk and we're playing. And I'm looking over, talking to him, and he's running around on his screen, not really looking at me, and I'm talking to him, still killing him, with, like, (laughs) one-hit headshots every time. And finally, he realizes, and he's watching me, and I'm not even looking at my screen, and he's going... How are you doing? That? <laughs> oh, the drunken sniper! Yeah,
1: I remember then, Chaz going nuts after you did that to him at work.
5: And so Looking then liars. I started testing this and going online and playing with people, and I just would get insanely good with that gun when I got drunk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and
0: it's a transferable skill because I mean there is a, like one or two games where it doesn't work so far, but we've tried it out a couple times. We've had we've had drunken sniper experiments and. He gets better at almost every game when he gets drunk. It's funny.
5: (laughs) One of the funniest stories, though, was this was proved even more when at that tournament that I referred to earlier, (laughs) I got to play against players from 3D after I'd been knocked out of the tournament. We went and got wasted and came back down and started playing again. (laughs) And so I'm using that gun drunk against these pro players and I'm getting them so mad because I'm killing them with <laughs> it. Just killing me isn't enough. They had to start using that same gun to try and get me back.
2: So good. Yeah. I remember you guys had a 21st birthday party for Henry. And this was just a boys type thing. So I wasn't there. But I remember at some point after midnight getting an email from Henry, because you guys decided to have one of these tournaments with a tequila bottle. Oh God! And I got an email saying Dustin is killing us, and I can't feel my legs. <laughs> and not knowing that was the, a good night. Not knowing the details of what was going on, that was a rather mysterious, you know, message to you.
5: Now on the tequila, the note about the tequila bottle. He was the only one drinking tequila. <laughs> oh,
2: no, Jesus. That was
5: his choice to bring that. We had rum and some other stuff. Schnapps and vodka. <laughs> and so we were drinking all this different stuff that was not as strong. He brought out the bottle of tequila and was like, I'm drinking this.
2: <laughs> oh, God. Oh, well, oh. he assured me that he felt fine until he tried to stand up. Hence the I can't feel my legs. Sorry, <laughs>
5: Oh, Lordy. Well, this
0: has been podcast 28 of Geek Life, Panamega.com's very own podcast. I hope that all of you noobs and multiplayer anxiety wreck messes like myself walked away a little bit more enlightened and a little bit more invigorated to go out there and die a lot. And then eventually (laughs) have some fun. So, yeah, you know, I think that we'll put this list up in the show notes because I think it's a good list. Yeah, good resource. Yeah, it's definitely a good resource. So... You know, just remember, go out there, have fun. Games are meant to be fun, guys. Get Mm -hmm. over it. Have a good time. You know, if you're getting mad, stop.
3: Do Mm. something else. (laughs) If you don't like a game, don't play it, for God's sake. (laughs) Please. Nobody playing the game with you wants you to play it if you don't like it. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Anyway. Well, thanks for listening, you guys. And we will see you in only one week's time, or even less than a week, as a matter of fact, on Christmas Eve. with uh, Brian I will be back for our Year retrospective of geek Life fun and uh, gag real Madness. You so. Better be wearing bells. Better be wearing bells. So. Yes, we will be back with bells on, <laughs> as a matter of fact. And we get to break out our Christmas soundboard, which I'm excited about. Yeah, yeah. The reason is is that it's mostly full of Futurama stuff because there's so. <laughs> I think Futurama has like given Christmas the most episodes out of any television show I can think of. They're I mean, aside okay. from maybe, like, long-running something Simpsons. like Simpsons or whatever, yeah. but most shows do, like, one or two Christmas episodes, one Halloween episode, a Thanksgiving episode, and that's kind of an it. Mm-hmm. And then they just replay those. They do those. shit tons of Christmas mm-hmm. episodes on, on Futurama. It's probably because they have evil Santa. <laughs> pretty, mm-hmm. pretty much awesome. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys, and we will see you next time. This is JP, signing out. Thanks for listening to Geek Life. We always love to hear from our listeners. Please email us at geeklife at pandamanga.com with your questions, comments, and insights. Anyone interested in becoming a PM contributor, visit our contact page at contact.pandamanga.com and complete the form located there. Music has been provided by Airplus Recordings. As always, links to the artists and songs featured on this episode are available in the show notes at podcast.pandamanga.com. If you'd like more information about AirPlus Recordings, visit airplusrecordings.com. This is JP. We'll see you next time. You have to understand Troll Lever, Troll, tro- Lever?
1: There's going to be a lot of stuff troll on the Christmas lover? episode.
2: That sounds like a really late night Justin tattoo. No,
1: no, okay.